<coughs> if I cared about you, I would edit that out. But I don't. Seven, you know. We should be sending a seventh of all our staff to Central Africa Republic. But then there's other places that haven't got many ventilators too. We, everyone should share. So we should actually um, bring our ventilator count down, get the ships going, send them all across. And I, I don't, look, I don't know why the protests aren't as severe right now uh, for that to happen as the protest for bring them all in was back in 2015 during the refugee crisis. This is a crisis too. Now that, I haven't actually thought that whole thought right through and it could, there could be something silly about it. And um, there probably is. I just haven't thought it through. You know, I'm just a uh, stream of consciousness here. You know, but that just occurs to me. Why are we comfortable about that? spat on them when they got back, you know. We didn't spit on the World War II veterans coming back, but we spat on the Vietnam veterans. They're all soldiers, you know, doing what they're told, for goodness sake. Anyway, everyone knows that story. Uh, but the soldiers of some other countries are heroes, you know. But ours, you know, were fighting for an imperialist cause so we can't like them, uh, but I like them. Uh, anyway, we lurch from crisis to crisis. Well, we haven't, this is my first ever, you know, pan-world crisis uh, in my lifetime, coronavirus. Uh, but the idea behind this episode is the idea that people might be numbers as much as they are people. The Greens, um, they say these are people, not numbers. You know, we think the refugee intake should be increased from, I don't know what it was, 5,000 to 25,000 a year. Oh, I thought, all right, I agree, 5,000 is a number, but is not 25,000? Refugees, just like the rest of us, are humans. We're not numbers. Uh, boom. Full stop. Yeah. And often with memes and slogans and statements that people make, you know, usually with jaw jutting out, um, they're made in such a way, with such grammar, that they're intended to convey that they are self-evidently true and you're an idiot if you don't agree. Uh, but just about every hard and fast statement that is made in the world, it has shades of grey in it after all. And this is probably my main problem with memes. Nailed it, you know that phrase, but yeah, very little is nailed in this world. Okay, so this either or type of argument are people well are refugees for example who are people all right are refugees people or numbers you know, and people argue about that and I, I can't see the sense in that you know, because you know they say well, they're people they are numbers they're human beings they are numbers they're humans they are numbers you know bring them all in no bring 25,000 in you bastards you greens I checked their policy uh, at the time. Um, so, and you know, in the final analysis, um, we are both. Whether we're a refugee or an Australian citizen or anything else, we are, each of us is a human and we are a number. Like, I, my name is Charlie. All right. But how many people am I? One. Both our right and our left are small L liberal, uh, only because 
I've read the history of the word liberal. Um, spent a lot of time on it, you know, right through the French Revolution and all that sort of thing. And I've, I reckon I have got a good idea of what the word liberal means. And small l liberal, and I mean that, you know, because uh, this, even the concept of big L, capital L liberal, is an absolute insult to the word liberal. Um, you know, liberalism is, you know, via what means do we maximise freedom for the people? You know, well, you know. Which party's going to do that in Australia best? You know, and that's argue, arguable. The Liberal Party, are they going to bring liberalism the best? Well, you know, Menzies named the party uh, after that intention at least. You know, does conservatism bring more liberalism in the end? You know, or does Australian style, you know, Labour bring that sort of liberalism? You know, we don't have a party, really, that resembles the American Democrats, because our Labor Party, you know, I, I know a lot of Labor people, uh, you know, real Labor people, and, and they're main, mainly for the worker, and for soldiers, for example. I've I don't, we just don't have a kind of progressive compassionate party in Australia maybe the Greens are the closest to that but ah oh, sometimes I you know like I've met some Greens too um who are, are quite joyful I know this sounds terrible but hear me out who are, are sort of grimly um almost happy in a grim way that this virus is whacking humans because Greens, you know, by their nature, are into the environment. And I must admit, the environment has been just wonderful since this coronavirus hit. Wonderful. Uh, every day I get up and there's a kind of calm, huge serenity to Mother Nature. Every day I wake up, pollution's just gone. It's people, not numbers. It's people, not numbers. You know, almost as if... It, 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 almost as if it's a sensible argument, you know, to argue whether humans are numbers or people, uh, when we're both. You know, I'm Charlie, I'm number one. But now, we are in a, a new crisis now, the coronavirus crisis, and we have discovered that we, to a much larger extent than even I thought, are numbers, not humans. The virus doesn't recognise us as humans, yeah, which I find really interesting. Tim Brooke Taylor, knocked off by coronavirus. You know, there's one from my childhood. Um, you know, and that one, oh, that sobered me up a little bit far out. Tim Brooke Taylor, you know. But at the moment, it just feels, look, it feels like we are numbers, not humans. You know, like our, our actual humanity is not really, look, it's all about humanity. Um, but... The numbers matter. It's all number crunching when you're trying to beat a virus. This virus is reducing us to nothing much more than numbers. Yeah. We're no longer humans. We are just numbers. Uh, to a virus, at least. Now, a virus has got no soul. A bacteria might have soul. Bacteria is alive. A virus has no soul. Uh, to a virus, we are nothing but numbers. Um, well, to a virus, 
nothing. Because the virus can't even think. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things we like to do, you know, to try and see things from the perspective of a virus, which can't think anyway, which can't see anyway. Uh, but still, you know, we enjoy that. Uh, okay, so to this virus, we are, well, nothing much more than a number. Uh, or numbers. Nothing much more than numbers. I just need to warm myself up to this idea. Uh, but before I start, uh, the, 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 this virus is also something like a an enemy, an alien enemy to us as humans. It's not that alien. Comes from Australia. Comes from Australia. Comes from the world. But yeah, it's an alien enemy, and um, and it's interesting how people respond when there is an alien enemy about. Yeah, you know, it becomes a war, uh, and yeah, you know, it's like. Um, when the Athenians and the Spartans used to fight each other, yeah. an alien enemy one day came, well, plenty of days came, and that alien enemy was Persia, and the Athenians and the Spartans teamed up, yeah. much like the UN is yeah, suggesting we all team up against this alien enemy. You know, it'd be the same if the Martians came, you know, humans hopefully would team up, even, you know, stop, stop warring each other for a bit. This is what the World Health Organization has been uh, suggesting uh, via, uh, what's his name, Ted Ross, the Director General of the World Health Organization. Look, unfortunately, um, they are heavily politicized themselves, the World Health Organization, they have been massively China-centric. Excuse me for a second. Um, yeah, that Tedros. Oh, I've spoken about him before. You know, do not politicize this virus. You know, yeah, when he's been highly political throughout, especially early on. Yeah, or you will create body bags," he said. "Yeah, well, he created a lot of body bags himself. Uh, look, since the thing has blown, I think he's been trying to do the right things, and so has China, I think, largely. But it, yeah, but early on, and <laughs> no way, you know. Uh, um, but you know, moving off Tedros and the World Health Organization and China and all that sort of stuff, you know, whilst there is an enemy in uh, on the horizon um we tend to pull together a fair bit we humans against the enemy uh and you know, i think we're doing that a bit well not much really i think we like to pretend we do that you know it's all self-interest in the in the end anyway probably yeah there was um self-interest at play when the spartans and the Athenians teamed up against the Persians because the Persians were going to wipe each of them out. Makes sense. I don't know where um, self-interest stops and uh, philanthropy starts. I really don't. Um, yeah. For example, and I mentioned this afterwards because I've just pre-recorded the bit that's coming up, uh, we have thousands, I think millions of ventilators here in Australia and the Central African Republic has got three heard it on the news for four million people they've got three ventilators ventilators are the life-saving device of the day du jour at the moment uh, we're not putting we're not going to even put a thousand on a ship to Central African Republic now, unless we've got an excess we're going to look after ourselves first uh, pretty much the only time um, we humans really sort of put ourselves out, such as, you know, with the bushfires recently in Australia, is when we ourselves are not threatened. Um, and, and, and then, you know, the Aussie spirit comes out and we're really ready there to help because we're fine anyway, whether we help or not. And we're very generous when we're not under threat ourselves. You know, but the minute the bushfire crisis was over and the virus crisis was starting, suddenly there's a lot more every man to himself. I don't know where the you know where the 
bad and petty side of us stops and the giving side of us starts. It's always a bit of a balancing act. We're not beautiful, yeah. Well, children are. No, they're not. I, you know, have you ever been to school? <laughs> Do you remember when you were at school? Were all the were all the other kids beautiful? <laughs> Even in prep, yeah. Look, I don't know. It's a balancing act. Do you know what? Sometimes you. You, you lose faith in humanity and then you cross the street and you meet wonder, someone wonderful. It's always the way and always will be. Right, um, now, um, Spartans, um, okay, uh, Athenians. Okay, there was a, a, a wonderful moment once when our humanity came to the fore and it was Ronald Reagan, of all people, who broke the ice in the Cold War a pivotal moment, a lot of people reckon. Uh, he was meeting Gorbachev, and you know, um, traditionally, shall we say, uh, when Russian leaders and um, American presidents met, it would be a bit icy. Uh, but Gorbachev sat down with Ronald Reagan, and it was still icy at that point in time, and Ronald Reagan. Uh, summoned up the spirit of Athens and Sparta and um, and said let's not have the or let's not have the meeting we normally have he said to um, Gorbachev let's just put all that let's forget about all that just you and me let's just chat which you know which and everyone thought it was a really unusual moment you know he said let's put all formality aside I just want to ask you something you know? and he said if aliens came to attack Earth, would you join forces with me? And Gorbachev wasn't expecting this at all. It's on the record. And Gorbachev just said, um, Yavol. <laughs> I don't know what, ro- Ya, Ja, whatever the Russian <laughs> um, for yes is, you know. And, um, and, uh, and apparently, from that moment on, there was a real something human. You know, Ronald Reagan was able, you might hate him, Ronald Reagan was one of those communicators that was able to, he was to uh, get in touch with you on a really human level. Um, oh, look, he was all, also, you know, the American Thatcherite, wasn't he? Um, the American Thatcher. Look. Everything's grey. Nothing's black and white. You know, the nicest, compassionate president you can imagine. Uh, you know, returns disastrous results. And uh, you know, often, I don't know who the nicest American president ever was, uh, but I bet you he. I'll bet you he returned disastrous results. You know, you wouldn't want a president of America who. Uh, would actually listen to all the advice that you know, the compassionate saints of social media would suggest he do. You wouldn't want that. You'd get everyone killed. And neither do you want someone like Stalin at the top either. Ah, um, oh, man is divided against himself. Anyway, we've got a new uh, Athens-Sparta situation at play here, a new sort of Russia-America situation. We have got all the nations of the world, you know, a lot of them warring against each other and all that sort of stuff. Um, most of them extorting each other via evil capitalism and all this sort of thing, you know. Um, suddenly, a, a new alien comes to attack. And uh, we didn't even get time to chat about it amongst ourselves, Gorbachev and Reagan style. But this new alien has no soul, no soul at all. It's just a, it's a virus and it's come to attack us. And to a certain extent, I suppose there's a camaraderie between all humanity at the moment. Um, strangely, it seems to be strengthening up the borders because of the nature of this enemy. You know, um, all bits are off. For refugees, for example, if you're a refugee, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to have to figure it out where you are. You're going to have to figure out whatever, you know, whatever's making you a refugee at the moment, you're going to have to figure that out right now. This, um, This virus is forcing 
countries who have which have lots of refugees to just bloody well sort it out one way or another you know and that might involve slaughtering all these people who you know who's there's a lot of refugees in the world who say if i had have stayed in my country i would have been slaughtered you know maybe that slaughtering is happening right now for all the people who didn't get here maybe it is yeah anyway in the end either way uh, we do have a gorbachev kind of uh reagan situation where an enemy has appeared and it has no soul it's not even you know it's not even as nice as bacteria at least bacteria you can kill that you can't kill this thing you know, all you can do is starve it out. It's very, well, I don't even know what you can do about this virus. It might become seasonal. We've got to find a vaccine. You know, we've, got to, we've got to ward it off before it even comes because once it comes, you can't do anything about it. You can't even kill it without killing yourself. Um, you know, the patient, you know, the, the virus has been cured, but the patient is dead, you know. Um, right, um, so... Um, now, with this alien enemy, look, just like the Persians. Look, they were people too. But, you know, I'm, I'm speaking about them as if, you know, they're a virus. Yeah, to the Greeks and the Athenians, they were something of a virus. Okay, uh, to the Persians, the Greeks were something of a virus when Alexander came too. You know, quite possibly. Um, okay, so... Uh, and to a certain extent, I think we are, this virus is reducing us. It, it does, this virus does not recognise our humanity, which I find really interesting. Now, because we think we are so important, but here we have an enemy who, who recognises not even our humanity to this virus. We are just numbers to be killed. Um, and th this particular virus, uh, COVID-19, um, it's a little smarter than a previous coronavirus, you know, which was, was uh, SARS, um, because SARS uh, used to kill. It, it was much more um, deadly. It killed its host quickly. Um, so it was not a great killer, you know. Um, this current one, it kills more people. It's more deadly by being less deadly. Uh, it kills very few of its hosts and um, is asymptomatic, you know, which is something famous about it by now. And as such, by being less deadly, it's more deadly. If it, to a certain extent, you know, if it's competition, between SARS and COVID-19, um, yeah, COVID-19 is the turtle and SARS is the rabbit and COVID-19 is winning the race. It's killing lots of people. Um, SARS was more deadly, which made it less deadly. And COVID-19 is more deadly by being less deadly. Okay, um, but it's all about numbers. And in the end, COVID-19 is knocking off more people than SARS ever dreamed of knocking off. Uh, which is interesting. Um, so, but, you know, um, to a virus, we are just numbers. Our humanity really is irrelevant and it keeps us a little bit humble, I think. Now, our response to the virus, though, is another thing. Not what's in the head of the Persians, but what's in the head of we Greeks, in this case. Yeah. Um, now, our response... Well, the funny thing is, because the virus thinks we're just a number, we have to play its game. It's reducing us, to a large extent, down to its level. Um, you know, there are people talking kindness and compassion and let's all get through this together. Um, but that's impossible for everyone who's dead for a start, and everybody who's going to, excuse me, car, and for everyone who's going to die, who hasn't, isn't dead yet, you know, we're not all going to get through this together. We're going to be dead. A lot of us. Now, maybe me too, you know. Um, so we're not all going to get through this together, no matter how kind and compassionate and all that sort of stuff we are to each other. Uh, um... There's going to be numbers of us knocked off. 
and to re- to limit the numbers of us getting knocked off we we have to tr- we have to treat ourselves as numbers um, if you ignore all those people just saying, listen, be kind to each other, you know, the only thing to fear is fear itself and all that sort of stuff, you know, love one another as, you know, the virus won't and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I heard a stupid rap song, really, that said, uh, what is the biggest virus? What is the virus? You know, there's something viral in the world right now. And what is that virus, you know? Well, some rapper, you know, <laughs> compare a rapper to a scientist, honestly. Who do you want to hear from right now? You want to hear from the scientist making a vaccine, you know. But this rapper was saying, the real virus in the world today is fear. It's not called coronavirus, it's called fear. And then he had a, an F on his T-shirt. Fear. And then, oh, I think he pointed to something. You know, a big word popped up on the screen. Fear, that's the virus. You know, what a load of crap. You know, this is a numbers game. Um, you should be fearful. He was saying, don't, you can't, you know, fear will defeat us. No. Uh, a lack of number crunching, careful, a lack of strategic number crunching will kill us. In fact, we'd rather you were more fearful. There's not enough fear going around. Um, I, I, even as I walk around, um, there's still not enough social distancing going on. Yeah. We need more fear. But what's interesting for the purposes of this episode coming up is that even in our response to this coronavirus, we're thinking numbers. It's all about the numbers. You know, and in the episode that's coming up, I compare it to the refugee crisis, in which, to a very large extent, it was about the numbers. Uh, but we... It's just too much traffic. I can't believe it. I can't talk. Um... The refugees, to a very large extent, was about the numbers. It's all about the numbers, you know. You know, and uh, people say it's not about the numbers; it's about the humans. You know, you know, ignore the numbers. Think about the humans, and when you do that, if you forget about the numbers, well, everyone's destroyed. And this is the very much the case with COVID nineteen. But COVID nineteen illustrates the fact that we, you know, in all crises, we are numbers. Yeah. You know, Every war general in history knows that. You know, it's all about, you know, even in the trenches and all that sort of stuff, you know, all right, we've got 200,000 soldiers, they've got 199,999. Right, everyone hack and slash right now because at least we'll end up with one. And if we've ended up with one, we've won. You know, there's that. That's numbers. That's a numbers game. What's his name? Haig? He would have gone for that. Um, So... uh, and all crises, in all crises, we are a bit of each. You know, we are thinking humanity. Um, but when it comes to the actual war, we're thinking numbers. Um, when General Haig, look, all generals um, in, are going into war, it's a numbers game. And it feels good to say it's all about the humans. Um, but... It's it's the the strategic side of it is the numbers, and with a virus, we are not all humans. You know, to a virus, we are hosts. Yeah, and um, we are numbers. And the virus itself is thinking, how many of these bastards can I kill? You know, if it could think, that's what it would be thinking. You know, how many can I kill? You know, um, I remember my cousin. SARS, and it was knocking off its hosts pretty quickly, which seemed like a good idea at the time, and I was applauding, go kill those bastards, you know. I was saying that, you know, says COVID-19. You know, while I was sitting by the, on the, in the wings watching my cousin, SARS, and there it was, just killing people, slaughtering them, and I was saying, go for it, this is great. But then I realised that the person-to-person transmission was compromised by um, the sheer efficiency of SARS. So I, COVID-19, said to myself, hmm, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll kill only 1% of people and let the 99 spread me around. Huh? And, and, and I'll play a numbers game. Now, as COVID-19 has played that game, 
it has forced the humans itself, themselves, to um, play a numbers game as well. It's all about, you know, and it was, it's probably a lot more about the numbers than the humanity at the moment. Yeah. When we have a plane crash, we have newspapers filled with um, the photos of the victims. But we're not doing that now. The, the newspapers are full of graphs on the front page you know, of how we're going tracking on the numbers, um, keeping the cases down and all that sort of stuff, flattening the curve and all that sort of thing. It's much more about the numbers. Now, with the refugee crisis, you know, some five years ago, um, yeah, a lot of people were putting it about that it's about the humans, it's not about the numbers, but it was about the numbers as well. Uh, yeah, with this virus, I think it's more about the numbers. And with the refugee crisis, it was more, you know, the, the, um, the waiting was much more with the humans. The, you know, we were more concerned about the humans, but only because we were fairly uh, well off here in Australia, a, you know, able to take a fair few, not many in the minds of some, and plenty in the minds of others, but no one really wanted all the... No one really wanted all the refugees. Everyone was still doing the maths in their head, heads as, as, as regards numbers. Most people were thinking numbers. Look, I only know one person in all of that refugee crisis who said, bring them all in. I know only one person who ever mentioned that to me, and she mentioned it with great seriousness, you know. And one writes people off like that as, an idi- as idiots. You know? She's an idiot. It's just a stupid comment to make. You know, there's a billion refugees technically technical refugees you know so that's that and uh in the following episode i chat about some of that stuff look this virus has kind of proved that in an extreme case that it's about the numbers not the humans is is probably the proposition i'm making and um and uh, you know if in the extreme case we are mostly about numbers and not about humans much not much about humans mostly about numbers not much about humans then um in a case like the refugees look we might be more about humanity and more and less about numbers there but it's still the case that we are that the refugees are just numbers you know in the end and I mentioned the Green Party, for example, which is our most compassionate party in Australia. And they were saying it's inhuman to have a number like 5,000. I think it was 5,000, you know, as uh, a, um, a quota for refugee intakes on humanitarian grounds. They said that is inhuman. And they said, we propose 25,000. Yeah. But that's still a number. See, that's the problem. It's still a number. The Greens, by suggesting 25,000, are saying they wouldn't let the 25,000 and oneth person in, much as the Liberal Party and the Labour Party in our country um, don't want the 5,000 and first person to get in. You know, the Greens don't want the 25,000 and first person to get in. It's still numbers. Humans are still numbers even in a refugee crisis, but um, it just becomes more obvious that, you know, the standard meme that was getting around back during the refugee crisis, which was saying, people are not numbers, it just puts paid to that meme. You know, this virus um, illustrates that such a meme isn't quite accurate it's always about numbers or right now i can't think of anything any crisis that doesn't end up being about numbers okay okay that's a bit of an intro Uh, let's 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 just finish off with what i said earlier which will round this out as an episode that goes too long which is the way i like it from crisis to crisis in this universe well, we don't really I've had a crisis free life compared to most people in history uh, 
seven, yeah, September 11, 9-11 wasn't a crisis for me. Uh, it was localised, really. Uh, in New York, yeah, and then in Afghanistan and Iraq, it really didn't affect us. Uh, but this, this is probably, yes, this is. Uh, Vietnam War, that was in my lifetime, and that was localised. Um, it affected a small section of the community. Um, uh, yeah. The blokes, who were slightly older than me, uh, I, I was in my early teens at the time, but the blokes who were slightly earlier than me, whose balls dropped, and they had to go. Uh, you know what I mean by that? It was a Tatsalato thing, not what you were thinking just then. Right, now, um... So, you know, but that was so it was localized to those guys, poor poor blokes. Um because we spat on them when they got back, you know. We didn't spit on the World War II veterans coming back, but we spat on the Vietnam veterans. They're all soldiers. You know, doing what they're told for goodness sake. Anyway, everyone knows that story. Um so, oh, these days we spit on all our soldiers to a certain extent. Some of us do. Um, some of us do. Yeah. Imperialists, those soldiers. Um, yeah. Uh, but the soldiers of some other countries are heroes, you know. But ours, you know, were fighting for an imperialist cause, so we can't like them. Uh, but I like them. Anyway, we lurch from crisis to crisis. Well, we haven't. This is my first ever, you know, pan-world crisis. Uh, in my lifetime, coronavirus. Uh, but the idea behind this episode is the idea that people might be numbers as much as they are people. The numbers matter. Now... During the refugee crisis, there was a real call that went up. That was about 2015, you know. Um, there was a huge refugee crisis. Uh, we're not talking about that anymore. Um, even non-refugees can't come to Australia now, let alone refugees. Uh, I don't know when. Uh, well, what's happening to the refugees right now? God knows. You know, the people who would be refugees people in desperate straits. I suppose they're in completely desperate straits right now. Uh, but, you know, nobody's saying bring them in now. We're not that generous. There are limits, aren't there? Like even the, all the people who were crying into their candles for the refugees, bring them all in now. You know, I don't see many people crying in their candles for the refugees to come in now. That's a silly comment, but there's a variation of that I could sort of propose off the top of my head right now. Look, I don't blame... Yeah, I don't think um, the compassionate uh, saints of the world are being inconsistent there by, you know, by not pushing for the refugees to come in now. That's just a stupid comment. But um, now there was an article in this morning's... Uh, you know, I would say almost in this, mor- this morning's paper because it was the ABC, uh, but it was online. You know, we don't have paper papers anymore, uh, and um, it was lauding or louding, you know, lauding the uh, fact that we have prepared very well for coronavirus. Now we flattened the curve, Australia, and. Um, and we have enormous stockpiles of personal protective equipment. Is that called PPE or something? Uh, you know, ventilators you know, stacked high in warehouses, in secret warehouses all over Australia and all that sort of stuff. We've got millions of them. Now, I heard on the news that the Central African Republic right now has got three ventilators. Twa. Yeah. Um, trail <laughs> three yeah. with uh, in a population of 40, uh, 40 4 million 4 million I think that's it okay now by rights 
we should be sharing what we've got. I don't know if the call's going up so strongly for that, but that's a variation on bring them in. Um, what's the difference? Send our stuff out. We should be sending all ours, well, leaving, look, it should be fair. Four million people in uh, Central African Republic. Um, let's say we've got, look, I'll try and make my maths easy. Let's say we've got 25 million people. Okay. Four million, uh, four million people over in there. Now let's say, just for fun, there's, we've got 29 million ventilators. I'll never make the maths good. Um, four, oh, look, four, two, four, nine, four, seven, six, seven, you know. We should be sending a seventh of all our staff to Central Africa Republic. But then there's other places that haven't got many ventilators too. We, everyone should share. So we should actually um, bring our ventilator count down, get the ships going, send them all across. And I, I don't, look, I don't know why the protests aren't as severe right now uh, for that to happen as the protest for bring them all in was back in 2015 during the refugee crisis. This is a crisis too. Now that, I haven't actually thought that whole thought right through and it could, there could be something silly about it. And um, there probably is, I just haven't thought it through. You know, I'm just a stream of consciousness here. You know, but that just occurs to me, why are we comfortable about that? You know, if we weren't comfortable about bring them all in, why are we comfortable about stockpile, you know, make a lot of ventilators and keep them all to ourselves so that no one in Australia dies? You know, maybe we should have 20% of, you know, maybe we should have 40% of all Australians who get coronavirus um, not have access to a ventilator in order for 40%, you know, so the 60% of people in Central African Republic do have access to a ventilator, you know, or maybe, you know, 10, we should have 10%, 5% of all Australians should have access to a ventilator, even though we might have enough for everybody right now, we should send a, a fair percentage across overseas. This is probably all a silly comment, um, but I haven't thought it through. It's one of those things that you could start an argument with. Excuse me, I need to sneeze. <coughs> if I cared about you, I would edit that out. But I don't. Uh, okay, now, but back to the original thought. And I'm just hovering outside a hospital at the moment. I'm on a hospital run. I'm always on hospital runs. I spend my... Oh, 40% of my time on hospital runs. I'm in a high-risk family. Okay, now, um, so, back to the start of this, you know, the refugee crisis, um, this episode I'm talking about, refugee crisis, a big call went up and said, they are not numbers, you know, people are not numbers, yeah, and that's an either or sort of statement, you know, and it makes a good meme too. People are not numbers, you know, because the call went out. Have you know, because the call went up. How many refugees, you know, can we take in? You know, and I had a friend who said, you know, quite bluntly, all of them. I think there's about a billion uh, genuine cases worldwide who you could call, you know, genuine cases as genuine cases as refugees, uh, which would, you know, arguably make Australia crowded. Um, Indigenous Australians might have a say about that, you know, because it's their country too, isn't it? You know, it's their country only, isn't it? You know, do they, are they willing? You know, maybe we should ask them, you know, whether they would like um, Australia to be that crowded. Well, I'll, look, that was, you're always, you know, reductio ad absurdum, I think they say. Um, you take it down to the absurd level and then come back up again. You know, so that's what I did there. Didn't have to make sense. Um, but, you know, the, the cry went up, you know. These are people, not 
numbers, you know, our most, what you might call left-leaning party is the Greens. Um, they say, these are people, not numbers, you know. We think the refugee intake should be increased from, I don't know what it was, 5,000 to 25,000 a year. Ooh, I thought, all right, I agree, 5,000 is a number, but it is not 25,000. What are you going to do, bang down, you know, bang shut the steel gates at 25,000? You know, and right there, the Greens were playing with numbers, you know, and even then I was sort of just thinking, everyone, it does come down, we are numbers. In the end, the cry that went up back in 2015, which looked good as a meme, um, was... Refugees are people, not numbers. Now, that's a full stop at the end of that. You know, that's all memes like this, all political memes have a full stop at the end of it. A great big fat full stop. Boom. Yeah, a meme is not to be argued with. A meme is the final word. All right. So, um, you know, and I can imagine Greens supporters sharing that meme... And yet I check, you know, refugees, just like the rest of us, are humans, we're not numbers. Uh, boom. Full stop. Yeah. And often with memes and slogans and statements that people make, you know, usually with jaw jutting out, um, they're made in such a way, with such grammar, that... They're intended to convey that they are self-evidently true and you're an idiot if you don't agree. Uh, But just about every hard and fast statement that is made in the world, it has shades of grey in it after all. And this is probably my main problem with memes. Um, Is that they, you know, memes do have this attitude uh, in which they like to put it uh, put it across as we're nailing it here. You know, and a lot of people who comment on the meme say, nailed it. Nailed it, you know that phrase, but yeah, very little is nailed in this world. Okay, so this either or type of argument, are people, well, are refugees, for example, who are people? All right, are refugees people or numbers? You know, and people argue about that, and I, I can't see the sense in that. You know, because, you know, they say, well, they are people, they are numbers. They are human beings, they are numbers. They are humans, they are numbers. You know, bring them all in. No, bring 25,000 in. You bastards, you greens. I checked their policy you know, uh, at the time. Um, so, and, you know, in the final analysis, um, we are both. Whether we're a refugee or an Australian citizen or anything else, we are, each of us is a human and we are a number. Like, I, my name is Charlie. All right. But how many people am I? One. I'm a number. Yeah, I have got a number associated with me. One. Right. Now, the refugee crisis, look, it did come down to numbers. You know, Germany did its best um, to let them all in as such, but even to this day... Uh, one is, a, you know, the number of refugees that did come into Germany is still relevant now. Five years later, it's often quoted, you know, that about a million refugees came into Germany. And it's relevant because Germany is trying to put services in place at the moment, still five years later, to accommodate those refugees. I heard an article just the other day on the BBC and... Um, and the article was saying that Germany did something for the refugees by letting them all in, a million people. Um, and they had a, an actual um, Syrian teacher, an English teacher from Syria who used to teach England English back in Syria, in Germany. Strange, you know, Germany, Syrian, English, you know. Um, but an English teacher uh, from Syria... And he's in Germany now, and uh, the whole news article was about how um, Germany has a shortage now 
of teachers. Yeah, yeah, obviously, I'm surely uh, there are a lot of children amongst those million refugees, so they would count for a good percentage of that teacher shortage. You know, so um, so the article was um, lauding, <laughs> louding. I never know how to L A U D, lauding, louding, um, lauding the fact that you know we see now this is the refugees giving back because this guy's an English teacher and he's trained himself up under German rules to be an English teacher, so he's able to give back because Germany now needs teachers. Uh, now, a little part of me said, well, they need teachers because they got the refugees in. So it's still Germany doing the refugees a favour, is it not? Because the teacher shortage is due to the refugees, is it? Mostly? All of it? I don't know. Yeah. We've got five years, so even if um, the refugees started having babies even when they got there into Germany, uh, those babies would be hitting school, you know, prep grade one now. Uh, all right, anyway, leave that alone. Germany needs those refugees now to service the refugees. <laughs> hmm, it's a bit circular. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But the point is, I think the teacher shortage was 4,000. And, um, and the whole article was saying, isn't it great? We've got this Syrian guy um, who, you know, one Syrian guy can um, teach a lot of students all about numbers. Now, um, vaguely I'm getting at something there. But the numbers matter because you've got to put infrastructure around the numbers of people that you bring in and all that sort of stuff. It matters. Uh, numbers matter. It makes a difference whether we have in Australia 5,000 or 50,000. We can cope! Says, uh, yeah, I heard that cry go out too. That's a different meme, we can cope and um, I'm inclined to agree that we could have coped with 25,000 rather than the 5,000 you know, that we ended up sort of laying down as the law. I think we got a little rush there of something like 15,000, the ones that didn't drown on the way, you know, that was a tragedy. Uh, What happened is the Liberals um, John Howard and all that um shut the door, you know, they um, shut the gates and started chucking refugees onto Manus Island and Nauru and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and then Labour came in, uh, the new broom, and opened, you know, um, opened the doors again. Um, so refugees started flooding in um, and a lot drowned. A lot, I think it was 1,300 or something. You know, it was pretty shocking viewing on the front pages of our newspapers. Uh, just um, Ashmore Reef and all that sort of stuff, you know, off the WA coast. Um, uh, Indonesian-style fishing boats and trawlers and all that sort of stuff just being crashed up against reefs and rocks. And we were just watching um, bodies, you know, humans, um, lots of them, numbers, um, getting smashed up against the rocks on the front page of our newspapers and we were getting video footage of that too and ships drowning and just the sea full of people. Um, So uh, that wasn't happening after the Liberals had put um, the refugee, you know, had shut the gates. But then when Labor opened the gates, um, that started to happen. Huge numbers of people, most of them nameless to us, Yes, they were people, but they were numbers too, and the numbers matter. And the reason the numbers mattered was, you know, that is proven by the fact that Labor itself shut the gates and actually set up those same camps that Liberal had set up prior. You know, those right-wing Liberals had set up, and that's small L Liberal, by the way. We have uh, right-wing small L Liberals. I do not concede the word liberal to the left both our right and our left are small l liberal uh, only because I've read the history of the word liberal um, spent a lot of time on it you know right through the French Revolution and all that sort of thing and I've, I reckon I have got a good idea of what the word liberal means 
and small L liberal, and I mean that, you know, because uh, this, even the concept of big L, capital L liberal, is an absolute insult to the word liberal. Um, you know, liberalism is, you know, via what means do we maximise freedom for the people? You know, well, you know, which party's going to do that in Australia best? You know, and that's argue, arguable. The Liberal Party, are they going to bring liberalism the best? Well, you know, Menzies named the party uh, after that intention, at least. You know, does conservatism bring more liberalism in the end? You know, or does Australian-style you know, Labor bring that sort of liberalism? You know, we don't have a party, really, that resembles the American Democrats, because our Labor Party, you know, I, I know a lot of Labor people, uh, you know, real Labor people, and, and they're main, mainly for the worker and for soldiers, for example. I've never really detected a strong um, sense of, of compassion and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's more about the worker and the soldiers, you know, historically. I don't, we just don't have a kind of progressive, compassionate party in Australia. Maybe the Greens are the closest to that, but ah, oh, sometimes I, you know, like I've met some Greens too, um, who are, are quite joyful. I know this sounds terrible, but hear me out. Who are, are sort of grimly, um, almost happy in a grim way that this virus is whacking humans because greens you know by their nature are into the environment and i must admit the environment has been just wonderful since this coronavirus hit wonderful uh, every day i get up and there's a kind of calm huge serenity to mother nature every day i wake up pollution's just gone from melbourne i'm um and uh the sun sets the sun rises uh, beautiful, uh, and there's a quiet, yeah, a certain quiet has descended you know, upon my suburb, Essendon. I'm in the city right now on a hospital run, so that, you know, but even now I'm in a main, I'm on, I'm, I'm on the main drag here, going up to the hospital, where most of the action is at the moment anyway, because of this coronavirus, um, and there's not that many cars going past. That was one. Here comes two more. But look, just take it from me. The city is mostly empty. You don't have to take anything from me. Now, so, um, so, no, it ended up numbers. It ended up numbers. The refugee crisis, the numbers did matter. Um, but it was still arguable, even after the refugee crisis, yeah, which never ends anyway. Just the protesters stopped. Yeah, and I, I, I sense hypocrisy there. I sent him. I, you know, I, I feel, uh, I sense hypocrisy there because um, after the sexiness of the refugee crisis died down, ninety percent of all the people who were furiously um, crying into their candles down in our botanical gardens and so on, or wherever. Uh, yeah, they were back gaily laughing, El Fresco up and down my street in the coffee shops. Um, there'd still be a few hardcore people still caring for the refugees, but very few, very few. Which mean, and they're, they're, they're you know, even last month, there was thousands upon thousands upon thousands of refugees hard up against the border between um, Turkey and Greece. Like, jeez, I have to get my map out. So there's Greece there. I know there's Albania up there. Is there a hard border between Turkey and Greece? I'm almost certain there is. Doesn't matter. They're hard up against the border, even if that border is a strip of sand um, and they're trying to get onto boats across to Greece. Uh, I do have to get the map out. I lose track. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Albania. Now, Albania is more over to the left towards Italy, isn't it? So, yeah, I think there is a hard border between Greece and Turkey. There is, actually. I'm sure of it. 
I'm not sure of it. But you know what I'm getting at. Um, but I, I didn't hear anyone talking about it at all. You know, and that's exactly where that little kid, Alan, or Alan, or whatever his name was, washed up on a beach, and the whole world was horrified. It seems they need a photo of a three-year-old kid drowning to even care. You know, they lack imagination at other times, but it's just as much a tragedy right now. In fact, it's more a tragedy right now. But, but that's been overtaken by a different tragedy, but it ends up numbers. Now, even after the refugee crisis, even then, people were still saying things like, it's people, not numbers. It's people, not numbers. You know, almost as if, it, 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 almost as if it's a sensible argument. You know, to argue whether humans are numbers or people, uh, when we're both. You know, I'm Charlie. I'm number one. But we are both. You know. Now, but after the refugee crisis, um, the argument was still there. People could sustain an argument that it's human lives that matter and numbers don't come into it. You have to do whatever you can to save human life, you know. Uh, Now, we are in a a new crisis now, the coronavirus crisis, and we have discovered that we, to a much larger extent than even I thought, are numbers, not humans. The virus doesn't recognise us as humans. Yeah, which I find really interesting. The virus uh, refuses to acknowledge we are humans. To the virus, we are just numbers. And the virus does like to knock us off in, a, in an exponential way. Um, now, as it turns out, most of the news I see, at least, you know, because you can get two different types. You can hear the news when it comes to this virus from two different directions in general, I think. One is from the human interest story side, the human interest side of um, the uh, coronavirus disaster. You know, where you do hear, you know, um, Tim Brooke Taylor knocked off by coronavirus. You know, there's one from my childhood. Um, you know, and that one, oh, that sobered me up a little bit far out. Tim Brooke Taylor, you know. Um, and I saw something on the news, some um, basketballer in America who I'd never heard of, Towns, I, I remember his name, uh, because he's got a funny last name, but his mother, Jacqueline, uh, has been knocked off by coronavirus too, and I saw some comments you know, against it, uh, that were transferred across into the media, and um, and America was taken aback, shocked, you know, that someone who is just so real <laughs> has been knocked off. These are the human interest stories, you know. So that's one angle, but by far, ninety percent of the discussion, the sensible discussion in the world, is not about you know that it happened to be Tim Brooke Taylor or. Jacqueline Towns, whoever you know, whoever that lady is, but apparently she she is someone that people knew in America, um, uh, and warmed to uh, the you know, most of the news. Ninety percent of the news. Every time I listen to medical experts, politicians, and all this sort of thing, most of it is number crunching, number crunching, not human crunching. Uh, That's the virus's job. Uh, That didn't work, but it doesn't matter. Um, Number crunching. So, you know, it's about flattening the curve. Curve is all about numbers. It's graphing human bodies. You know, counting body bags, counting cases. Um, And our obsession right now is with the numbers of people, you know, catching it, dying of it, Recovering from it and all that sort of thing. <coughs> the numbers of people that our hospital, our, med- our medical centres, our health systems can cope with, you know, 
Um, how many people are going to get a ventilator? All numbers. It really doesn't matter whether you're the Prime Minister, like Boris Johnson, who, uh, through serious intervention, has survived the coronavirus. But it did come out that it didn't matter whether it was Boris Johnson or some beggar off the street. You know, if, if, if a person comes into ICU, he or she, yeah, it, it or it, is going to get um, great quality... Uh, care is that true? I think it's true in Melbourne. Um, look, Boris Johnson got the best of care, but I think a lot of other people are getting the best of care too. Look, it's part of our ethos, and maybe mainly because we're a rich company country. Uh, quite likely, um, yeah, in Central African Republic, car. Um, if there's three ventilators and ten thousand people. Uh, get the virus, then those three ventilators might go to the president, the prime minister, and the president's wife. Yeah, at a guess. Um, maybe if we only if we had only three ventilators, it would be the same here too. But the point is, it gets down. That's when it would get human interest again. You know, it matters which humans. But at the moment, it just feels look. It feels like we are numbers not humans, you know, like our, our actual humanity is not really, look, it's all about humanity, um, but the numbers matter, it's all number crunching when you're trying to beat a virus.